grateful to you, Lord, today. We thank you for the privilege of the word of God and for those that are here. We recognize some people have already had surgery and are recuperating. We thank you for Sister Michelle, Sister Ruby, uh, Mother Carol. She prepares for her surgery. And we are praying that, God, you will meet every need. Sister Cherie has come out of surgery and on, down on the other end, and we bless your name. We are praying that infections will not set in and that you get all of the glory. We pray for the Rory family right now. God, we are praying for Sister Alberta, um, Rory, and Donnie, and all of the family in the name of our Savior. Be glorified, be exalted, and we give you the praise. Now give us ears to hear what the Spirit is saying in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Yes, Ann Bro, many of you know Ann Bro just passed away this week. Um, Ann Bro passed away. Many of you know that Ronnie Rory passed last week. Um, they're having a service at Cornerstone this coming Friday at 11 a.m., the Rory family. And they're looking for food. Sister Gloria's going to help with the sweets, but we are asking our people. Ronnie and Donnie is always in the kitchen. So we want to do our best to support the family. I'm, I'm going to even make something this time. I'm going to ask Brother Kevin to go get me a chicken leg because I'm going to fry it. <laughs> but, but we want our people. Donnie is helping us always. And, and, and so we, we, don't, we try to bless him when he actually helps one of our members or someone that we know. So let's do a good job in, in helping with food um, for the family and supporting. Um, they've been in this community for a long time, and Donnie has been faithful and his twin, Ronnie, Pass, and Sister Alberta. So, again, service will be Friday, 11 o'clock at um, Cornerstone, and we will um, be in support. And I believe that the repast will be right across at the Senior Center. Sister uh, Florence? They're looking for helpers as well to serve. We need help. That's what she's saying. We need help. So, you are, you are welcome to help out on Friday down at the, all right. Okay. L- l- yes, if people can put your phone, shh, sh- sh- some people know how to listen. <laughs> if we can put our phones on, vibrate, please. Um, I, I, want, I want to, before I give a scripture, Nietzsche, we can take the uh, song off there. I, I, I want to give you an update on something that happened about a month ago, and I'm just going to, Tell for those who weren't here the story again, and then give a couple of other things. About three weeks, about a month, almost a month now, um, I was telling you about this lady that I work with and her son do some work. And I see that God brings people into our lives for a reason, and I was sharing with you that I can't go into all the details, but I was sharing that how um, they were homeless and needed a place to live. And and the work that I was doing, it was not focused on that. That was not my task. But it kind of failed to me to try to figure something out to to help them. So on this particular day, about a month ago, I was waiting for another student uh, to help him get home. And I was just very tired and trying to get those, I told you, those power naps, trying to get them when I can. Ten minutes does me a world of good. I can get 10 minutes in, 12 minutes, 11 and a half, I'm, I'm doing good. So I had 
pulled into this place in Navarro and got my little neck pillow and I said, Lord, I'm tired. Just put my seat back and was resting before this. I had to take the student home. It's about 1.30. About 10 minutes to 2, I was awakened abruptly by the Holy Spirit and told me to make this call. Now, the week before, I had already taken a picture of this sign with a number on it, housing, just to investigate, just to get some information. But the person I needed to speak to, the manager, they weren't there. And the Lord told me to call the number. So I went through my phone because I didn't put it in my phone with the name. I just... I knew the day that I had called before, so I went to that day, found the number and called, and was able to speak to the manager, telling her what had happened. Now, when this was taking place, the individual had already um, had many other things happening where financially that our agency was able to give some support, even though it wasn't in our budget and wasn't supposed to do that. I felt the Holy Spirit was leading to say, go ahead and do that, and just tell my board later. I have a wonderful board. It says, do what you feel needs to be done. In my, just in the work that I do. So they're not hovering over me. That's a blessing. So we helped to clean up some records and some things. Just a lot of detail. Not getting paid for This is not something I'm getting paid for. So the Lord says to do it. So I'm here resting, going back. I'm resting. And so the Lord woke me up. And I felt this, this urge to call, this, this um, urgency to call, which I did. Spoke to the manager and was telling the person that looking for housing for a person I'm working with is not for me. The person just recently received a certificate, even though they're very hard to come by. Talked to the person and she said, I want you to, there's a place right now that we have available, but there's other people that's looking at it. Call this number and there's two managers, one at this place, one is also next door. So I called the number. But the Lord also said, call the individual that needs the place. I made a call to this person. Lo and behold, she was at the location where the apartment was, next door. Now, there was another person who had just applied for an apartment, and they weren't sure if they wanted it. But on that day, I'm not sure how long they had made made the application. While she was there, she got turned down for that one, and I called. And I said, there's a place right next door. And I gave her the address. Well, I told her, there's a place. What's the address? Where? She said, well, I'm right next door. I'm at the, on this street right here. Go to talk to this particular person. There are two people. Went and talked to them. Put in the paperwork. And just last week, she got approved for the place that she went to go see. <laughs> Who would know that the Lord would press upon my spirit right then to call? And she's at the location. Haven't ever, never spoke to her about that place. Never said anything. In fact, I told her I won't be able to really help in this area. I've had to do all this other. I won't have time. But the Lord changed that. Woke me up. Says, call right now. God is good. Do, do you recognize that we serve a God who knows all things and wants to be involved in every aspect of your life? You, you shouldn't say, oh, that's too small for God. Nothing is too small for him. God can do anything. He's great. He's powerful. He's wonderful. And he says, I want to be involved in your life. Who wouldn't want to serve a God like this? <laughs> 
We serve a great God, and God gets all the glory, all the honor. One day I told God, I said, Lord, I want to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. That God, when you speak, I'm saying, is that the Lord, is that me? I want to know God, but it's obedience, obedience. Don't, don't turn a deaf ear when he says, well, it seems like I should do this. It just may be the Holy Spirit speaking to you through your spirit. He just sometimes confirms things. He does things. And he knows the timing of things. Who would have known that my tiredness that day, well, he would have awakened me abruptly and say, call. Why that number? Why that? There was an urgency. Call. And today, there's a person and her son who's not homeless right now. God that we serve is awesome. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 7. I'm not going to be before you long. This is what it says beginning at verse number 7 of Ephesians chapter 4. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Listen to that again. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, it says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives, and he gave gifts to men. In saying he ascended, what does it mean but that, but that he had also descended into the lower regions? The earth. The earth. He who descended is the one who also ascended far above all the heavens he might feel. All things. I think I'm going to stop there initially. Because I don't think I'm going to get to 11. The title of this message is, Is the Church Benefiting from Your Gift? Is the Church Benefiting from Your Gift? I read first, excuse me, I read Ephesians chapter 4, 7 through 10. In many instances, we as people complain about what we do not have and how we wish we had more. We rarely consider, am I doing all that I can with what I have been given? My dad's phrase was, I'm doing the best I can with what I have left. <laughs> if we have been given a measure of something, then we have an obligation to use that measure as it has been given. You don't have a right to hoard your gift. Church is to benefit from your gifting. Since Christ is the one who determines what gifts we are given, what gift or gifts we are given, then you have exactly what you need. Stop saying what you do not have in relationship to God's gifting. If you are his child, if he has saved you, you have been given a gift. So how are you determining the value of the gift that you have received? How do you determine the value of God's gifting to you? Are you comparing yourself to another person that says, I don't have that person's gift, so I might as well go and bury the gift I have? What are you doing with God's gifting? Point one, 
His unlimited grace measured out in the right gift. His unlimited grace measured out in the right gift. Uh, Many people try to make a name for themselves so that they receive the honor for what they consider their achievements. Many people want a name. I think we sometimes forget that Christ has an unlimited amount of grace, and it is not like he is going to run out of grace. I think sometimes we think that God is deficient in his gifting. We say God must have passed over me. I don't have any gifts. Well, do you have the gift of helps? You have a gift. Do you have the gift of being able to pick up a piece of paper that you see rather than kicking it down the road? I didn't put it there. Well, pick it up. Bless the Lord, you have the gifts of health. It is important to note that what Christ gives is to be used for the purpose of honoring the giver. You don't have a right to keep what God has given you. Lord, help us in this place today. You don't have a right to keep the gift that God has given you. It's his. Some of you may be great encouragers. Just when a person comes into your presence, your presence encourages them. Use it for his glory. Your and my benefit for each other's gift is for the purpose of honoring God and building up the body of Christ. Remember this, your gift is for the purpose of honoring God. Do do you recognize how awesome that is? That God has called you into partnership with him? That your gift is to be used for his glory and for the building up of the kingdom of God? His unlimited grace has been measured out in just the right portion just for you. When a person said that they don't have to go to church or they can watch their church on TV, if a person says something else that keeps them out of church, it is my belief that they don't understand that they are not using their gift for the body of Christ. They have looked at themselves in the situation in a very selfish way. So when a person says, I don't have to go, it is then seen, in my opinion, that they don't know that God has blessed them to be a blessing to others. Don't you know that some people are blessed simply when you walk through the door? And when you, they don't see you, their heart sometimes can become heavy because they don't see you there. Just your presence for some. Oh, I saw the person that I was wanting to see today. And then sometimes there's a word that's given by that person just for you. Sometimes there's only one word. But that was enough to carry you on because you were going through something. And God used that person that day to say something to benefit you. You can't get that. You can't get that staying home. Your gifting is for the honor and the glory of the Almighty God. It is also apparent that people who refuse to employ their gift 
may be telling God that they don't appreciate what he has given them. It may be an indication that you don't really appreciate God. God has said, I want you to partner with with me. I want you to come alongside. We have a work to do. What would the New Testament be like without Paul? Who would have thought that God would have taken a vile man who was killing people in the church and transformed the lives of many, helped the Gentiles, the Greeks, come to a saving knowledge of God? Who would have thought if Paul says, not interested, not doing it? Where would we be if Moses said, no, I'm not going to Egypt? God can use whoever and whomever he wants. But I'm going to tell you this. If you're not employing your gift, the body suffers. Your gifting is for the honoring of God and for the benefit of the church. The inward focus of too many people has caused many people to think that they are more important than they really are. The inner focus, the inner focus. They're not paying attention to me. Today, the focus should be for you to exude and to show forth the glory of God, not in word. It is to show forth God's glory. So when you focus only on you, then you can become sour. And anything that's said will rub you the wrong way. Our perspective is to recognize that it was God who sent Christ. It was Christ, the grace that he gave and then measured out the gifts for the body. And he says it's for the building up of the kingdom of God. (laughs) Lord, help us to recognize that God does not run short in grace. He he, he runs full. When you think about even Elijah or Elisha, who had the, the meal that the meal just kept going over, just overflowed. As much as they went back to that meal. Who was that, Elisha? Elijah? The Lord does not run short. He has, get this, understand. When you have rain and you have a lot of rain, sometimes there's a, a runoff because it's too much. The drains can't handle the amount of rain that's there, and so they have a runoff. It's, it's more. And then when you get so much, it can start to flood. Where God is overflowing, he has so much. It just overflows. Whatever you need, God says, I've got it. It's not just a little bit. It's not just a little bit that God gave the children of Israel in the desert of manna. It was overflowing. His gifting, he says, you go out every day and what you need will be there. Whatever you need is going to be there. And so, every day. And you know what some of those people did? The Lord says on that, on that, on that sixth day now, there will be double. You'll get that for that day and then for the next day, the Sabbath. Because you're not going to go out. It's not going to be any for the Sabbath day. So be sure not to go out because it won't be there. And do you know what some people did? They went out anyway. 
And then they did the opposite. Some tried to stack up enough on the first day when the Lord says only get enough for one day. They tried to have it for the next, and there were maggots running through it. You don't have to hoard God's gift. Use what God gives you, and he'll, re- he'll refresh and replenish what you need. Put to practice what God gives you. His grace, his mercy is abundant. Verse number 8, it says, therefore, it says, and that, and that therefore shows that there is a transition that's happening. When he ascended on high, he led a host of captives and he gave gifts to men. This is one of the most difficult passages and commentators and theologians are not in agreement completely, but they say that it is, it is not clear. Verses, fact, verses 8 through, through 10. A lot of discussion and debate between with those verses. But I want you to notice something specifically with verse number 8. It says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives and gave gifts to men. Note this. Many people teach that when Christ died, they started saying he went to hell. The Bible says, Christ says, Father, into thy hands I commit my spirit. And told the thief on the cross, today you will be with me in paradise. Christ did not have to finish anything after he died. He said on the cross, it is finished. Finished. On the cross, it is when he ascended on high, that's when he gave gifts to men. Not when he died, it says, but when he ascended, when he went back to the place of authority, where he went back to the heavens, when he went far above, he then led. Now, I I want you to note something. We're going to go to a passage in the book of Psalms. Turn with me. Quickly to the book of Psalms, chapter 68. Psalm, the book of Psalms, and go to Psalm 68, and I'm going to read verse 18. And this is what it says. You ascended on high, uh, leading a host of captives in your train, and receiving, now this is interesting, receiving gifts. Among men, even among the rebellious, that the Lord God may dwell there. Paul took this passage in Ephesians 4, 8 from Psalm 68, 18 and 19. You notice, and I'm not going to, I don't have time to get into it because I don't completely understand it all. Where Paul, where the psalm uses that he received gifts from, but Paul then speaks about him giving gifts. And for many theologians, there's a big controversy regarding that from. But I want you to note this. Whatever Jesus received from God, remember this, he then gives to the body of Christ. It's Christ who received from his Father what he used to do. But whatever he receives, what does he do? He blesses his body. It is his church. He ascended on high. He descended. Now, let me say this. When he ascended on high, he led a host of captives. Oftentimes, whenever there was war, and the mightier army or those that won, they would leave, lead captive those 
who had become their subject or who lost the war. They would become their captives and they would lead them. Not only would they lead them, they would also plunder them and then give their gifts to those who helped win the battle and then to others. They would become their subjects. Now, there's different thoughts about this. Some even suggest that even the gifts that speak about the, event, the, the captivity, some even suggest that it's the gifts that were held in captivity. Some believe that it's Satan who became the captive of Christ when he showed himself powerful by raising, rising from the dead, dying and rising from the dead, that Satan became his captive. But then others says, no, it's the believers because he led captive in his train, those that were captive, and then he gave gifts to the body of Christ. I'm not going to try to explain all of this. That's some of the context, some of the discussions of what some believe. Who are the captives? Verses 8 through 10. Why differences in regards to this passage? And saying he ascended, verse 9. What does it mean but that he also descended into the lower regions of the earth? Big controversy here. Does it mean that he descended all the way to below where the abode of the dead is? Or does it just mean the fullness of the earth? The, 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 the matter here is that some believe that you would still be in, you would be in good company if you believe either one. Whether Christ descended all the way in regards to those in Sheol or, the, or the, the grave was called or Hades or the earth. I want you to note this. Wherever Christ goes, he feels and he's victor over everything and anything. So whether it's over the earth, the under the earth, Christ is victorious over all. And then he ascends above all things. You can look at Philippians chapter 2, 5 through 11. There is nothing that Christ is not master over. Some believe that when he ascended, that this verse is referring to Pentecost. When the Lord showered. The believers with the Holy Spirit and gave gifts to men. Let me just say this. If God has gifted you, and he has if you are a believer, you have the obligation and the responsibility to bless him by bringing back to him what he's given you. Do you not know that when you bury your gift, God is going to demand from you what you did with what he's given there was a person who brought back the gift who had buried it and said, I knew you were a hard man. Here is the gift that you gave me. Take it back. The Lord says, why didn't you put it in the bank? At least to draw interest. If you knew this is how I was based on your own words, why didn't you do something with it? Do you realize that to honor and work for God means that God gives you more. To honor and to bless him by and to bless the body of Christ. Your gifting is to build up not only the body, but when you bless the body, you too are blessed as a result. Lord, help us to realize that it's the church that he's coming back for. It's the body of Christ that he's coming back for. It's the church that, that he says that's the mystery that we've been studying. Part of the mystery, the Gentiles and Jews coming together and the church. It is his plan. It is his idea. What are you doing with your gift? 
Are you honoring God? And let me say this, and when we look at uh, maybe next week or the week a few weeks from now, when we take a look at verse 11, I will say this. Not only is it the gift that God gives you, but you also are the gift when he gives apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers for the perfecting of the saints. He gives individuals which also are the gift. So are you thinking, what are you doing with your gift? Where is it? Is it being employed? Or are you holding on to it? And if you're holding on to it, why? What are you saving it for? There's sometimes when I have some, some cereal that I don't want my daughter Sherelle to have. Sometimes I have some cold cereal. And I go put it in a certain spot. Because I don't want her to have it. She'll look at the cereal and she'll help herself. So I'll put them somewhere else or my wife will. Sometimes I even put them in my room. It's my gift. It's something that I'm holding. I, this is not for you. <laughs> I'm putting it here. This is for me. So you only get just so much. Some of you have taken all of your gift and set it aside for yourself. God can't even see your gift. You've taken the whole thing and said, God, you're not even entitled. Why? It's his. He gave it. He's the one that ascended and he gave gifts to man. That, that man is the, the word that means man and woman. That's the Greek word he's talking about, man and woman. Anthropo, I believe it is, that when he talks about man, he's talking about mankind. He's gifted the body. So let me say this in conclusion. If he ascended, that means, or let me say this. If he descended, that means that he came from another place. Because if he descended, that means he now has to ascend. He's going back to where his father was, where he had all power before. Sitting at the right hand of the father, sent the Holy Spirit who distributes the gift as he sees fit. And remember this, you can pray. You can pray, God, help me. Now, I want to say this final thing. Your talent is not necessarily your gift. God can use your talent and infuse your gifting into your talent. So you may have a talent, and God may then expand and bless and increase. But all gifts are from God and honor him. Your talent may be something that you're very good at. But who gets the glory? When you become a believer and a Christian, God can then take something and infuse it and use it for his honor. You can see some very blessed people, but you can say there's something missing. And oftentimes it's because of the spirit of the almighty God. But when they become a Christian, you see a change often in their lives. Is the church benefiting from the, your gifting? If he's given you the gift, what are you doing with it? So I'm going to challenge you today. Put your gift to practice. And if you have a gift, ask God to increase what you're doing.
to honor him. It's his grace that he has given gifts, his abundant grace, and gifted the body. Stand with me, please. If the church is not benefiting from your gift, then your gift is dormant. Your gifting is for the honor of God and for the benefit of the church. And ask a question. I want you to bow your heads, please. I want you to put your hand up and just put it down. I want all eyes closed. This is just being, I'm going to be looking. Is there anyone right now that knows they're not using their gift? And says, I need you to put your hand down. If you know I'm not using my gift for the body of Christ, you put your hand down. Thank you for those who've been honest. There have been some who didn't raise a hand. And you know, you know who you are, that that gifting is not in operation. Lord, right now, for those who raise their hands, Lord, I'm praying that you will show them what their gifting is. For those who know you, those who have, Lord, said yes, they have a gift. And for those who know God, we are praying right now that they will see the urgency of the time to put into practice what you've given. The time is short, Lord. We don't have all the days that we thought we had before. The time is short. Time is coming to an end for some of us sooner, for some others maybe later. But, oh, my God, may we use right now what you have given. And may we uh, know and, and be assured that when we honor you by our gifting, it's you that will do the work to change lives and the lives of people. We bless your name and we honor you. For those that God raised their hand, do a work in them today. Bless them right now to be able to know that, God, you will take their hands being raised as an indication of them saying, yes, I'm going to begin to do what the Lord has called me to do. For those that are struggling and not quite sure, begin to work on their hearts, on the inside, to know that, God, yes, there's something that you've given them that will benefit the body of Christ. We honor your name today and we bless you. We glory in you and thank you for your goodness in Jesus' name. Amen. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord bless you.